Olivia for your ministry of music. I want to thank the elders for the opportunity to uh, be able to speak tonight. I'm looking forward to this, looking forward to bringing God's word to you. Um, as I do so, uh, just before I pray, I want to remind you that um, I'm a counselor. You, most of you know that, as well as a pastor, and I like to listen to people. So I'm going to ask questions throughout the evening, and I'd love for you to answer them. Most of them, I'll tell you if it's going to be or not going to be rhetorical. So um, that's kind of my style of doing things. So I might actually stop and be quiet and let somebody answer. So I uh, just keep that in mind. Okay, let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, by the way, I should tell you this, too. I don't have a handout. Obviously, you didn't get one already, but we're going to use the screen, and um, that means you'll probably need your Bible, so keep them close by to you. We'll actually be looking at that passage if you want to turn there a while. As we're uh, thinking about this, though, see, I mean, as we begin, um, I was thinking about how much is going on in our world today. You, you might argue, well, it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's been that way for, excuse me for a second here, I've got some weird stuff going on on my computer here. Um, There we go, okay. Um, a, lot of, a lot of things happening in our world today. I was just reading uh, World Magazine or some, some excerpts from it today again. Just some really strange things, some good things happening, but um, some not so good things. And I wanna, I wanna focus on that as we come to think about being strong in the Lord in this passage of scripture tonight. There's evil all around us. Marriage as God designed it is under assault in our country today. Um, that's not any new news to people, but it's true. Marriages are being ended almost at a rate of one for every two in our world today, in our country today. Abortion is still a viable option to decide what to do with an unwanted pregnancy. And I was actually sad to see that, that our very own representative um, in the U.S. Uh, House voted against uh, the ban on uh, abortion at 20 weeks, sadly. Just saw that today. Um, it's still going on, and we still have people that are promoting it. Children still disobey their parents. You might be a child in here saying, what? That's not evil. What are you talking about? But it is. It is. We think about it. Human trafficking is a big problem in our world today. Even in our country today, what do I mean by human trafficking? Um, for those of you that don't know that, there are people being bought and sold that come and are slaves in different ways, even in our country, in this country, even in this state today. Evil all around us. Christians are being killed because they're Christians. Um, example of that I just read about today again uh, in Iraq. There are people that are being killed because simply they are Christian. They name the name of Christ. And people, friends, continue to tear each other down through gossip or mean things that they do or say to each other. Again, 
when we think of evil, we don't necessarily think of these things. But it's true. It is evil. And it's something for us to consider. Evil around us. All around us. So, what is one who is a follower of Jesus Christ supposed to do about this evil that's going on in our world? What am I to do with evil, the evil that's going on inside of me, in my heart? Paul Tripp has a statement that I think is a, is a great way to think about this uh, on our way to taking a look at this passage. He says, life is war for the Christian. There's a war out there. It's being fought on the turf of your heart. It is fought for the control of your soul. Each situation you face today is a skirmish in the war. Be careful. Be aware of the battle. Don't forget that there's a scheming enemy out there who's out to deceive, divide, destroy. Go out knowing that to win, you must fight. You must not relax. You must not forget. So, let's take a look at Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 13, as we think about this idea and try to answer this question. What do we do? What do we do? When, uh, when thinking about uh, being a follower of Christ in this evil world. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present, this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. So what I want us to think about is simply this. To be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. To be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. To be strong in the Lord. What does it mean to be strong in the Lord? Well, I would submit to you that it's not being strong in ourselves. That it's not being strong in our own ways. But instead, we think about being strong and think about what the Lord has for us. What what His might is all about. First of all, from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5-7. to Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. And then this verse that many times we don't tack on to the end, but I like it. Be wise. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Being strong in the Lord. Not being wise in my own eyes. Trusting in Him. Not leaning on my understanding, but His. Acknowledging Him. And then these verses as well. Whoops, thought I had them on there, but I don't. Let me read them to you. They come from Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That is the word of of the cross, the Word, the Gospel, is the power of God. And then from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. 
Being strong in the Lord means understanding where that strength, my strength, really comes from. I'm strong in Him. I'm not strong in me. Number one. But number two, in the strength of His own might. Look at these verses with me. From 2 Corinthians 12. But He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamity. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Listen to the story that was uh, told by Dr. Donald Gray Barnhouse as he uh, talked about this idea of being, being strong in the Lord. This story is entitled Tangled Threads. A textile factory was complicated with complicated machinery, posted instructions. If your threads get tangled, call the foreman. One of the workers, a diligent and busy woman, got her threads tangled. She tried to disentangle them, but only made them worse. Finally, she sent for the foreman. He glanced at the threads and said, you've been trying to do this yourself. She answered, yes. Why did you not send for me according to the instructions, he asked. Rather sullenly, she, she said, I did my best. He replied, remember this, that doing your best is sending for me. Andrew did, that is the apostle Andrew. Though he was a sinner like the rest of the 12 disciples, he had no recorded failure. No such failure was recorded because he brought every difficulty to Christ. Our best is to bring our difficulties to Christ. So be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Not in my own strength. Not trying to do it by pulling up my bootstraps. It's the way that they used to say it when I was growing up. Um, no. It's being strong in Him and the strength of His might. How are we to be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might? Oh, sorry, I, I thought this was a great picture. I have to talk about this because it's, it, it describes what I think we were just talking about here. That this, this woman is, in a sense, giving herself to the Lord who is her strength in doing what he desires her to do. I, I thought that was a great picture. How, do we, how are we to be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might? Number one, this is how we're to be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. We put on the whole armor of God as we see here in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, and also in 13 again. We put it on. What's it mean to put, it on, put, put on this, this uh, armor? It's, as, as I thought about it, the meaning here is that we don't do it naturally. It's something we have to put on. something that we don't have. We've got to just like I have a coat on, I could take it off. i got to put it on, obviously, if I don't have it on. It's the same way, I think, with this idea of the armor. It's not something we would have naturally. We need help. We need the strength of God to put it on, and we need to, we need to put it on. Um, and secondly, um, we need to put on the whole armor of God. 
as I like to do usually when I'm preaching or teaching, I brought along a few uh, visual aids, and here they are. We're not going to talk about any of them in detail tonight, but I brought along some armor, okay? And the Bible talks about these things later on in these verses. This is the whole armor. Well, missing, uh, I don't have the shoes, okay? The, gospel, the shoes fitted for the, with the gospel of peace, feet fitted with the gospel of peace. But here they are, okay? And what am I saying? What are we talking about here? Well, what if I just had this? Well, I could get this thing out and fight the good fight, right? But I'd probably get knocked over because I don't have the rest of the armor on. The point here is, how are we to be strong? We're to be strong by putting on the whole armor. All of it. We need it all. We need it all. The belt of truth. See if I can remember them. The breastplate of righteousness. The shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. The fe our feet fitted with the gospel of peace. The sword of the Spirit. The Word of God. And Paul says later on in the passage that we need to pray. We need to pray as well. So we need all of this as we're thinking about how to fight the good fight. How to fight against this evil. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit that Paul talks about here in Ephesians. So we have the full armor. We're putting on that armor. I want to ask you this as, you, as we stop to apply this for a second to our own lives. Do we in this room put on the full armor of God? Where is it, I didn't ask you this before, but think about this with me. Where is it that you need to stand and fight against evil? That's a rhetorical question. You think about it. Where is it that you need to stand and fight against evil in, in, the, in, in your life, in the places that God puts you? Is it your family? Is it the place that you work? Could it even be in church? Maybe. Maybe it's in the community. But I want you to think about this, putting on, putting on the armor, the whole armor of God as you go. Why should we put on this whole armor? By the way, there's another there's a picture of someone having armor on. Why are we to be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might? We are to be strong in the Lord and the strength and, and put on the whole armor of God so that we may be able to stand against the schemes, the methods of the devil that we see here in 11 and 12. That we're able to stand against these schemes of the devil. The word there's a word that we get our word method from. These methods, these schemes, these plans, these preparations that the devil has for knocking us down those fiery darts that he talks about later on in this passage that he shoots at us. Think about, think about this, this passage from Ephesians chapter 4. From Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 14. And the reason I'm reading this is that you'll see the word schemes here again. I want you to see how it's used. Beginning at verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, 
for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by the craftiness in deceitful schemes. There it is. The word schemes, this idea of methods. And what happens when we don't have this armor on? What happens when we haven't put it on? We get washed like every by winds and waves. So if, it, if I am looking to, to do this and I'm not, I don't have that armor on and I'm not thinking about what God has for me to do, I'll just go over here. It won't be a big deal. I'll go and, I don't know, it's, a, it's okay to argue with my wife just a little bit. She, she did something wrong to me. I, hold on a second. If I have the armor of God on, I realize, Baumgartner, be strong in the Lord, the strength of his might. Don't argue with your wife. You're not called to argue, grumble, or complain. You're called to rejoice. You're called to encourage. You're called to put her first. You see, if I'm not thinking that way, I can be moved. Here or there or everywhere, Paul says. That's one way to apply it, that I apply it to my life. Think about your own life. How is it that you need to put that armor on so that you're not swayed by these schemes, these evil schemes, deceitful schemes that the devil has in mind for us? Secondly, he talks about this idea of a wrestling match or a real wrestling match. You see, see it here back again in chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over, the pre over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What's he telling us here? I believe that Paul's saying that it doesn't matter that there are things between us as human beings as compared to what's going on in the spiritual realm. That it's, well, it does matter, but it doesn't matter in this sense. It does matter that Lisa and I might be having a, a spat. But I look at her and I think, oh, it's, it's between us. But what Paul is saying here is that no, it's not. It's not only that, and it's not maybe even most importantly that. It's that there are these other forces in this world that are seeking to destroy, to tear down, to see this guy who wants to follow Christ, who wants to stand strong in the Lord, drop in battle. And I think it's good to think about that as we're in the midst of interacting with each other. Many times I get caught in looking at blood and flesh or flesh and blood, okay? And I should be thinking, hold on a second here, Clyde. There's something bigger going on. There's something bigger going on. Sure, there's something going on between me and whoever I'm having trouble with. But there's something else bigger going on too. And it's between me and this, these spiritual forces of evil. And I need the armor. I need to put, them on, put this on so that I can fight against these forces of evil in the heavenly places. Some other verses that came to my mind, too, that are written by Paul that I think are helpful in this go like this from 2 Corinthians. 
chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have the divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to Christ. Understanding that we are in a battle, but it's not, it's not, I'm not in a battle ultimately with you. I'm in a battle ultimately with the evil one who desires to destroy me. He desires to see me fall. He desires um, to, to have my witness discounted as one who follows Christ, as one who desi- desires to follow Christ. And I would say this, that we ought not to underestimate the devil's power, his schemes, and his desire to destroy. I believe that sometimes we can make too much of the devil, okay? But I, I think sometimes we forget. Hold on a second. There's, there's a bigger force and a bigger problem going on here than just me having a conflict with somebody else. Or even me having a conflict within my own heart. It's that the devil desires to have, to destroy, to, dis, to, to see my witness discounted, to see me fighting with my wife all the time. Okay? He would love nothing better than that. Because why? Because then we can't glorify Christ and the church by us living two as one. There's the glory of God is, is, uh, is I'll say, tarnished, at least for that, that time period. So, um, again, why are, we be strong to, why are we to be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might? so that we can stand against the schemes and the methods of the devil. And finally, finally, what's the result of being strong in the Lord and the strength of his might? Here's the result. That we are able, after doing all, to stand firm in the Lord. Verse 13. Verse 13. That we are able to stand, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Therefore, he says, knowing what you know about the devil's schemes, knowing what kind of a, a being he is, what he desires to do, as he's just talked about, be strong. Put on the full armor of God, verse 13 it says. Take up the whole armor of God. And then the second phrase so that we might withstand in the evil day. That we might withstand in the evil day. This idea of withstand could also be translated, and it may be this way in some of your translations, other translations in the ESV, to resist, to stand against in the evil day. There's suffering. There is persecution. There is trouble. All of these describe what could be coming for the Ephesian church. Where's Paul when he writes this letter? Any of you know? Not a rhetorical question. You know where he is when he's writing to the Ephesians? It tells us in chapter 3 and chapter 4. Where is he? He's in prison. He's being persecuted. He's, He's in prison for the sake of the gospel. 
He's standing against the devil's schemes, though, as he comes. And he continues, and I'll say this, as he's writing these letters, proclaiming the gospel, um, certainly to those around him in prison, but also sending these letters out to the churches to strengthen them. He's withstanding, as we see here. Evil does come to Paul. He resists doing the wrong thing. Revenge, self-pity, giving up. He stands against the evil that is happening. He resists the devil's schemes. Um, let me read this to you before we go on here from 1 Peter 3. Or I'm sorry, 1 Peter 5, verse 9. This is Peter writing, and he says, Resist him, that is the devil, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Peter does know of what Paul is writing. He also understands this idea of persecution, imprisonment for the gospel. And how about us? Do we stand? Are we ready to resist the evil one? Are we able or ready to stand for the gospel? Well, again, we're, we don't live in Iraq, but you've seen, some of you have seen those pictures of ISIS and what they're doing to Christians. Some very bad things. Well, I guess that's one way to look at it. But, uh, you know, are we ready to resist to the point of death for the gospel of Jesus Christ? This is, what, this is what Paul is talking about. This is what Paul is talking about. Let me read you another story, short, very short story, um, written about a minister during World War II not in, the, in a, a Nazi prison, prison camp. And it's entitled, Be Steadfast. A suave, persuasive Nazi agent was designedly put in a cell next to the cell where Dr. Martin Niemöller was incarcerated hoping to convert him to totalitarianism. Daily he observed the equipoise of the courageous minister, his unshakable faith in God, and his belief in the ultimate triumph of righteousness. The would-be converter to totalitarianism was himself converted to Christianity. He was instantly removed from his cell. Can we overestimate the power of the influence of one man who knows no fear other than the fear of incurring God's displeasure. And I would challenge each of us in this room as we hear that story to think, would, would I be like this pastor? Am I like this pastor? Am I ready to stand firm on what I know to be true? We've sung earlier uh, about the glorious names of Christ, the glorious names of our Savior, how great he is. We desire, I believe, many of us in this room, maybe all of us in this room, to proclaim his name. Are we ready to do it at great cost sometimes? I would challenge us to think about that. We're in a battle. We're in a fight, as we're talking about here from this passage. Finally, this idea, let us see here, having done all, and having done all to stand firm. And the, the idea here having done all, is this idea of accomplishing a task, resisting to the end, resisting thoroughly. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, 
I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. This is Paul. Completing what God gave him to do. He did it all. And he did it not my way, like the song goes, but he did it God's way. He did it God's way. Proclaiming the Gospel with boldness. Proclaiming the mystery of the Gospel. That's what Paul was called to do. Just like uh, Jesus, when he came into this world, he said, I need to go and preach the Gospel. That's what I came for. That's what Paul says too. He follows his Master. That's what we are to be saying as well as we go. As we close, I want to put in front of you a song that many of you know, written by Charles Wesley, and I'm sure he had this in mind as he wrote it, but read it with me and see some of the things that we've talked about even this evening in this song. Some really neat things, I believe. Soldiers of Christ, arise and put your armor on. Strong in the strength that God supplies through His eternal Son. Strong in the Lord of hosts and in His mighty power, who in the strength of Jesus trusts, is more than conqueror. Stand then in His great might, with all His strength endued, that is, fully clothed with, it, with His strength, and take to arm you for the fight the panoply, that is, this right here, all of the armor of God. From strength to strength go on. Wrestle and fight and pray. Tread all the powers of darkness down and win the well-fought day. Leave no unguarded place. Is there a place in your life that might be unguarded? Leave no unguarded place. No weakness of the soul. Take every virtue, every grace, and fortify the whole. That having all things done, and all your conflicts past, you may overcome through Christ alone and stand complete at last. Again, I ask you as we close this evening to think about where you are today, this evening, in all of this. Are you standing strong in the Lord? Not in yourself. Are you standing strong in His mighty strength as you go forth? Are you thinking about how you can and are proclaiming the Gospel? Are you thinking about how you are living out the Gospel in your own life, in front of your family, in front of your friends, in front of your co-workers? I would challenge you to think about that in light of some of these questions I'm going to ask you. Are you standing firm against the fight, the schemes of the devil? How about that fight with your spouse last night or this past week? How about the bickering, the hateful thought that went through your mind toward that person who is once again being mean to you? Did you see it for what it is? A scheme of the devil. 
to derail you from living the life, from living your life for God's glory? Will you stand against? Will you stand firm against the schemes of the evil one? As we close in prayer, I'm going to do something maybe a little bit different um, and read you a prayer from the Valley of Vision. And I'd like you to, to bow your heads and listen and pray along with the writer of this, of this prayer, if you would, please. Father of mercies, hear me for Jesus' sake. I am a sinner. I am sinful, even in my closest walk with Thee. It is of Thy mercy I died not long ago. Thy grace has given me faith in the cross, by which Thou hast reconciled Thyself to me and me to Thee, drawing me by Thy great love, reckoning me as an innocent, as innocent in Christ, though guilty in myself. Giver of all graces, I look to Thee for strength to maintain them in me. For it is hard to practice what I believe. Strengthen me against temptations. My heart is an unexhausted fountain of sin, a river of corruption since childhood days flowing on in every pattern of behavior. Thou hast disarmed me of the means in which I trusted, and I have no strength but in Thee. Thou alone canst hold back my evil ways, but without Thy grace to sustain me, I fall. Satan's darts quickly inflame me, and the shield that should quench them easily drops from my hand. Empower me against his wiles and assaults. Keep me sensible of my weakness and of my dependence upon thy strength. Let every trial teach me more about of thy peace, more of thy love. The Holy Spirit is given to increase thy graces, and I cannot pres preserve or improve them unless he works continually in me. May he confirm my trust in thy promised help, and let me walk humbly independence upon thee for Jesus sake amen thanks you're dismissed